Hi, I'm Sanera Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hello, listeners. It's Sanira Madani here, CEO School podcast host, and you are in for a treat. Over the next seven weeks, we're going to be sharing exclusive interviews with the most unbelievable unlikely CEOs who are truly just changing the game in their industries and are pioneers in what they do. Something that ties them all together, not only you're gonna recognize their names, they're fabulous, they're leaders, they are massive influencers, but what is most important about them is that they are authentic CEOs. So come join me over the next seven weeks in a beautiful series of interviews that you get to have first dibs on. So listen in from wherever you're listening in from, and you can catch these videos on YouTube and on our channels. I cannot wait for you to listen in and just learn from these guests that I learn from each and every single day. I hope you enjoy these interviews as much as I did. Hi. There we are. <laughs> Hello, Yasmeen. How are you? Good. How are you? I am just so energized and so fired up. I, I just got off our our interview with Robert Hartwell, Robert. and he was just so I sensational. He's so great. And I am so excited for our audience to get to know you today because you, my friend, are just so much positivity, so much positivity. And the work that you're doing with Sugar Jar is so amazing. And so I'm going to read Yasmin's intro here. Yasmin Cheyenne is a self-healing educator, author, speaker, and mental wellness advocate who helps people learn how to cultivate daily practices to build healthy and joyful lives. I love that word, joyful. With an online community of over 150,000 and the host of the Sugar Jar podcast, Corporate giants, including ABC, Meta, Instagram, and Skillshare have all invited Yasmin to share her transformative teachings around self-healing, which she also offers through her keynotes, corporate presentations, and one-on-one -on -one coaching. Her instruction has helped tens of thousands of students take control of their mental health and physical health by creating boundaries, designing their dream jobs, finding the love of their life, and so much more. She recently was also a speaker at TEDx on the topic of how bon how boundaries make space for what we truly desire. And her expertise has been featured in top media. Of course, everyone we're bringing is just top of their game from the Today Show to Forbes to InStyle Magazine, Refi Refinery29, and so much more. Yasmin also launched an app, so now she's a tech founder, of the Sugar Jar community app to help develop self-awareness, learn boundaries, and find resources to support your mental health. Yasmeen, <laughs> welcome to CEO School. I'm so happy to be here and get into this. 
I am so pumped. I am so excited for this. So Yasmin, tell us a little bit about your background and how your experience kind of brought you to creating Sugar Jar. Yeah, you know, I would say I had a, what would be conventional background because I started in the military. I joined when I was 19 years old and that was where I really began to experience the need for wellness, the need for taking care of our mental health. And that experience kind of took me into my own healing. And I knew early on that I wanted to own my own business and that I wanted to be an entrepreneurship, but I also knew that I wanted to be doing something that was impacting people, that was driving people to live better lives, to feel better about who they are. And so to be where we are today with the sugar jar, I was actually just in a crisis moment. I had just had my newborn. I was sitting in my kitchen on my first week of maternity leave wondering, how is it that I teach boundaries and yet I feel boundaryless? Like, why do I feel like my energy is all over the place? And I looked at a jar of sugar in my kitchen and immediately recognized that feeling. Like, have you ever spilled sugar? It's everywhere. Like, you're going to be picking it up for weeks. It gets in all of the crevices. And I felt my energy feeling like that, where people were coming into my kitchen, taking my energetic sugar spilling it. They didn't have any concern of what was happening. But the key thing here was that I didn't have a lid on my jar, aka boundaries. I didn't say no. I didn't say I don't have time. I was trying to do everything and be everything to everyone. And so the sugar jar is an opportunity for people to get the vision of, and especially as a CEO, you have to have boundaries in place. You have to be willing to keep that energy for yourself so that you can give to the things that matter to you. Okay, what a beautiful analogy. Like, please, let's like give Yasmin all the love in our chatbot here because I've never thought about it that way. And you're so right. When you spill sugar, everywhere. it's everywhere, right? Yeah. It is everywhere. And you are picking it up for weeks. You literally are. And something it's so sweet as sugar, your energy. The people want. It's the sweet. The it's, it's all the stuff that people want. Like, brilliant, by the way, brilliant. As a brand snob <laughs> myself, I absolutely love that. Love it, love it. But so true, so true. And okay, because we have to talk about this. Okay, so first, thank you for thank your you. service. Thank you for your service. Thank I you. I can't believe you went from like using your experience in the military to then now cultivating this community on boundaries. Boundaries are hard. Like they are just hard, yeah. right? And I will tell you firsthand my experience. I grew up in, as a, in a Pakistani household, okay, which you know, is very similar to any cultural background, you know, whether it's a Latin background, whatever country or whatever, wherever you're from, from, you know, you have like, it's my family was very, it's every, it's everything, right? I work with my brother, my husband and my brother are best friends. My mother-in-law lives across the street. My mom lives across the street. I grew up in like this, like family, 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 and this servant, um, uh, leadership mentality in the house too, especially as a woman, like part of like the cultural and not that, you know, and I want to be careful here because not that my parents were ever like, oh, you're a girl. This is like your role, but just what I emulated from my, my mom as well and her heart and her, like her whole life was mm -hmm. serving us. Like that was my mom's mm -hmm. whole life, uh, was food and just, and just as a woman, just serving and taking care of our family. And there's a lot of guilt when you say the word no, right? You're not allowed to be selfish. Like it's always like one of the the core things at the dinner table, which are all the things that make, like all my success is also from this, but there's also so many things that I struggle with today. You know, I'll be vulnerable here. Like one team, one dream, that was like the mantra of the family, 
right? So everything was always yeah. one team. Everything was always, and that's yeah. so beautiful. And that's why I have this amazing company. I work with my brother, right? And, uh, you know, we have one team as part of our mm -hmm. culture. But what does one mm -hmm. team also do? One team is not Team Sunny, right? One team is always sacrificing. Right. And so right. there are like, and I, I know that a lot of women struggle with the, the, you know, the concept of boundaries. It's easy to say. It's very hard innately to, to do. So what, like, let's talk about this. How should we be setting boundaries? I still struggle today with this. Still struggle yeah, with it. Yeah. And thank you for being Help so vulnerable me. and sharing that because I think that that's so true to all of us. We all struggle with the idea of saying no to people we love and saying no to things that we've committed to. And I think also there's this idea of we're going to be selfish. And I just want to get you from the place of, no, not being selfish, but also not being selfless. We don't want to be giving all of ourselves to everything and everyone. We want to be able to prioritize ourselves as well. And especially for people who are in business, as myself, as a business owner, as a mom, as a, as a wife, all of these different things. If when I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not able to show up fully at work. I'm not able to show up fully for the people I hold space for. I'm not being my fullest self. So the first place I want you to start is with yourself when it comes to boundaries. It's super exciting to think about going out and telling everybody, nope, you can't have that. Nope, you can't have that. Nope, you can't do that. Nope, this is the problem in our relationship. But truly, it's important to start with ourselves. How do I violate my own boundaries? Did I say I was gonna stop working at eight o'clock tonight and yet here I am at 11 o'clock still working? Did I say I was gonna get up and get some sun today and yet I haven't seen the sun in a week? Have I had water today? Like the getting back to the basics of how we take care of ourselves and how we show up for ourselves. And the reason why this is so imperative when it comes to boundaries is because we teach people how to treat us. If we don't understand how to take care of ourselves, it's much harder to advocate for your boundaries with other people. So this is an opportunity for you to first start with yourself. What do I need? How can I begin to show up for myself and honor the boundaries I've set with myself? Whether it's getting up early in the morning or getting sleep at night or you know, answering emails at a, within a certain time frame from when you get them, beginning to get honest about the ways in which you don't show up for yourself. And then in those areas, you'll also find the ways in which you allow people to violate your boundaries. Secondarily, going to the people in your life and saying no is very helpful. I'm mind blown right now because you called me out. You totally called me out and you're calling everyone out. When you say you don't even respect your own boundaries, how can people respect yours? Oh my God, that's like speaking yes, to my heart. Yes, boundaries it's don't so exist true. if you're not advocating for them. That's the part that's so important. We have to be willing to say, this is where I'm not showing up for me. And then we can say, this is how I need you to show up for me. I love that. It's definitely... You know, and I, I hate using the word hard because we all we do hard things. I do hard things every day. I do the hardest things every day. But then it's 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 so much mindset of mm -hmm. just being able to say, yeah, no, I'm not available, or no, I'm not gonna do that, or you know what, I am gonna go work out at lunch and be gone from the office and come back. I am gonna work from home on Wednesdays and Fridays or whatever the mm -hmm. schedule is. I am mm -hmm. allowed after 10 years of entrepreneurship, I deserve to go pick up my kids. At, for, from school, like that is perfectly okay. That is perfectly okay, but it is so hard when you're a leader sometimes because you want to lead by example. You know, we're talking to entrepreneurs in the room and I think you're so right when you say you have to respect your own boundaries in order for others to respect yours. What are some things you work with entrepreneurs every day, mm -hmm. right? That's like mm -hmm. primarily the, you know, the audience that you have. 
you know, what do you, what do you see in entrepreneurship? Especially let's talk about, you know, female entrepreneurs. I think that there's always this desire to be 20 times better, 10 times better, um, especially black and brown community, women, anyone who is in a minority group feels that desire to want to be always perfect, you know, recovering perfectionist myself wanting to be out there doing the best we can, but the best we can often looks like burning ourselves out. And when it comes to serving your business, I want you to think about serving yourself in that same way. Because when it comes to the way we show up in our business, we have our our calendars scheduled, we know who we're meeting with, we know what we're doing, we know what we're serving, we know what our content is. Do you know yourself in that same way? And I think for CEOs and entrepreneurs, especially, it's so important to begin to think of your life like you think of your business with that same intent, because that also helps us get to the next level. I heard you and Robert talking about rest. And I think that there is this revolution right now to make sure that we're having rest. But without our schedules being aligned, without us understanding what we're doing, we can't get to rest because we don't know when we have time to rest or we might not even have time because there's no true understanding of what's going on in our daily lives. And so my main goal with people that I work with in business is to help them to understand that caring for yourself is actually helping you be able to show up better in your business. We're sharper. We have better ideas. We're able to do things like this, a summit. You're going to be here all day. You you must have needed to take care of yourself in some way to show up and be able to do this. And taking care of yourself might look like hiring people to help you so that you don't have to think about certain things. And so I think that thinking, remember, reminding yourself that taking care of yourself doesn't always mean now I have to add more to my plate. It might mean remembering that you don't also have to do it alone either, leaning on your community and reminding yourself that there are people who can show up for you as well. I love this. And I'd love for you to share what are some like tactical tips that you can give, right? So what are some tactical ways we talk about, you know, you talk about boundary and Mm self-healing, like what are some Mm -hmm. tactical things in business, right? Whether you, you know, are talking to a partner, a customer, you know, you're, how can entrepreneurs today, like take action? What are some boundaries that we can set and how do we actually go about doing that? So the boundary I love to start with in business is email. Um, I think that there are people who, and I, and I like to use it as an example, but just thinking about your email, there are people who have 15,000 emails right now in this moment, not a call out, but it's just, it's the truth. And then there are people who feel like they need to be on inbox zero at the end of every day, which for me, I don't know about you, that's, that's kind of hard for me to do every day with the amount of emails I get. So when we think about boundaries and we're thinking about our sugar jars and we're thinking about how much energy we actually have, for the person with 15,000 emails, you might be draining your energy by not getting back. You might have money in those emails. You might have opportunities in those emails. You might be missing opportunities by not prioritizing something that is an imperative part of business, which is communication. For those of us that are putting all of our energy into being on inbox zero, I want you to ask yourself, could you be doing something else with that time? Is it imperative that at the end of the day, you get on zero? And if so, I want you to get curious. This isn't a judgment, but like, why do you need to be on zero? Does it make you feel fulfilled? Is it, does it make you feel like you haven't missed anything? Does it make it easier for you to sleep? Is it because of the perfectionistic t- tendencies to make sure, you know, just be- when we get curious about why we're doing what we're doing, then we're able to make changes then we're able to say, okay, you know what? I need to be on inbox zero by the end of Friday versus every single day. Or I need to hire someone to help me get through my emails 
so that I don't have 15,000 emails here. You know, you, you, you're able to make those decisions because a lot of times we're shooting from the hip and we can't do that in business and we can't do that and take care of ourselves either. Okay, totally. I love that we're calling everyone out here today. This is what today is about. We're gonna be our most authentic self. And, you know, I... I could never, I could never be that person. The 15,000 emails are going to give me so much anxiety. Like, and my husband is that person where it's like, he's got his junk email, even the junk email I have to clean out. Like I need things very organized. And even the email that we get like our, our like kids gap coupons to like that email is organized. And I still go through and like unsubscribe process like every quarter for that inbox. But for me, for work, you know, and I love that this is like a real live like session right here with all of you, because for me, the inbox zero and I strive for inbox zero for me, inbox zero is like sub 25. Everything that comes to me mm-hmm. as CEO is important, right? And not everything mm-hmm. needs to be responded to, but it's more sometimes information, it's reports, it's just digestion of so much material. And I do constantly feel behind if I'm not caught up in the conversation. And so mm-hmm. I was that person that like, I am a preacher of inbox zero, but it doesn't actually have to be zero. I think the concept is to manage it for what works for you, but it's a great reminder because I think over the last, as things have gotten busier, I really don't have time every day to clear it completely and that is okay, right? And I think now my process mm-hmm. is to make sure that, okay, every three days, I still gotta make sure that we that it's, it's manageable so that I don't get anxiety from like the overflux of not having the information, but such a great call out and such a quick place to set some of those boundaries um, because it is a lot of time. Communication is, it's hard and there's so much information. Mm-hmm. Consu- now we have Slack, right? We've got, we've got so many ways to communicate in business that I think, I don't know how much percent, like I'd love to see like what percentage of our times are actually consumed by just communication versus actually working. It's so true. And I think reminding ourselves that that anxiety is often coming from the need to stay in control. And I think that reminding ourselves that, especially in business, you know this, your CEO, you, we're not always in control. There are going to be things that happen, especially when you have employees, especially when there's all kinds of moving parts. There are going to be things that are gonna be handled by other people. There are gonna be things that are, there's gonna be disappointments. And being uh, 100% in control is such a drain on your energy. When you accept that I'm doing the best that I can to show up, I know that I'm here, I know that I'm plugged in, I know that I'm, you know, this is important to me. That is the most that I can do. Otherwise, I start to get over that threshold of burning myself out where the jaw, the sugar in my jar is on E and I'm shorter. I don't, I'm not, I'm not able to answer questions or come up with ideas as fast. I'm not able to be the person that's leading and motivating my employees in the same way because I'm drained. And so this helps us to reframe and to kind of let go of that perfectionistic tendency that we sometimes hold to always be all knowing, all doing, you know, always under control. It's just not something that is serving us. Um, and our energy can be used in such a better way on other things. And one of those things is ensuring we take care of ourselves as well. Love that. And going back to, you know, your CEO journey, uh, because the, you know, one of my primary goals is to show the faces of every unique CEO in all these different industries. I really do believe that representation matters. I never had people that I saw that I was like, wow, I could also do that. And I really feel like that's, that's been missing. And it's been amazing to see the media now really try at least for representation. We're definitely not there. But I would love to talk about, Yasmin, your journey from founder to CEO, 
right? And what are some things like now as CEO that like you are, you know, that you have good habits that you're doing? What are some hard moments about being a CEO? Be vulnerable with us here. How is it being a CEO today for you? I think I want to start with the hard moment because I think that's one of the things that isn't talked about a lot. The hard moment is recognizing that we're never done. <laughs> There's always something to be doing. There's always something that's planning that you're planning for. I think I probably had more time off when I had a nine to five because you know we take vacation time. And I think there's also important to share that you can be doing what you love and also be burnt out. And that was a hard lesson that I had to learn. I thought, oh, if I'm doing what I love, then it's going to be easy and I'm just going to love it all the time. No, you can get tired. And so I think on the other side of that, from going from a founder to a CEO was ensuring that I treated my business like something that was valuable. This wasn't something that was just, I'm, you know, testing ideas and doing things here and there. Everything was starting with a plan. I'm making sure that I'm hiring people if I need to, to help me understand where I'm marketing or what am I sharing or who am I trying to impact? Because at the heart of what we do or the heart of what I do is serving. I'm, I'm helping people to understand how to live their best life in the best and most accessible way possible. That's going to require me to make sure that I am understanding what I'm giving them, what they are taking in from a content perspective. And so that hard work is imperative. Like you can't skip any steps. And I think that's something that I just wasn't, I, I don't think it's just discussed enough. I think it looks like, oh, this is pretty business on the, on the outside. And now you just get to pick it up and people think, oh, I want to do that too. Not understanding from founder to CEO, you're really having to learn your client, the person that you're talking to inside out, which means you also have to know yourself and your capabilities to show up and actually provide that as well. Such profound advice here. And I absolutely love what you said about that. You can, you can still be burnt. Like you can love what you do and still be burnt out. That is something that I don't think that we think of when we want to start a business because we're so passionate about it and we're so excited about it, but you can absolutely be burnt, um, even in the things that you absolutely love. And so such a great reminder that it comes in all of these stages for our final question. And before we have to say goodbye, I, I want to make sure I ask this so that we can support you as well. What is your proudest achievement as CEO? Ooh, I think my proudest achievement is developing the app. Um, that was something that, and I, I just want to share the quick story of the idea that I probably wouldn't have been able to develop the app in the way that I was and save. And I say that in quotations because it was an investment. Um, if I didn't do some of the jobs that I'd done before and learned the, the tasks that I learned before and was the low level employee before and the project manager before. And I think that's why it's so important. I learned the lesson of doing every single job that I ever get to the best of my ability. And I see it paying off now. And I think I'm just so proud of myself for taking even the small tasks and really pushing myself as, and, and, and like investing in every single opportunity that I've had because it makes me a better CEO today. And to now see the app out and live and people using it and, and, it, and it bringing them joy and bringing them ease and them helping them heal. It's just such, uh, amazing just experience to watch it actually manifest in real time. It's so beautiful. I think it's so incredible. 
uh, that you took something from your, like from an idea into actual creation. Yasmin, thank you so much for your time today. We cannot wait to support Sugar Jar. Um, please follow Yasmin. Yasmin Cheyenne is her Instagram handle. We'll be linking all of it. And just has just been such a beautiful, beautiful conversation uh, with Yasmin. Thank you, Yasmin, for your time today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.